You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast, comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Michael, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Four, three, two, one. I'm probably the only one that counts down. Hi, I'm the illustrious Michael K. Easton. My name is Jordan Lowe. Cliff Barnes. I'm Seth. Welcome. Chut, chut, boys. Chut, chut. Now what Anakin says? Chut, chut, Watto. <laughs> you say so. <laughs> off, off to a rousing start here. Yeah. Yeah. As always. Woo! <laughs> well, as we record tonight, it is the first Friday in June, which if you're anywhere around Marietta, Ohio, you know they do first Fridays up big downtown and they always have a theme of some sort shops stay open late except for me i leave immediately <laughs> so I'm, I'm not really downtown but uh so starting in june here there june july august will be just summer art walks they'll just be kind of one same theme every month so uh I, I closed right at seven and walked down there to see what was going on. And they had closed a block of uh, Butler Street, and they had some like arts and crafts people selling some handmade stuff. Uh, they had a few charity booths set up collecting money for folks. But the big draw for me down on the Armory Lawn, they had a record sale, some vintage vinyl down there, downtown Marietta. Did so, you finish your drink before you went in? It is also the big the draw for most other people. Yeah, it is the beginning of Dora. Yeah, there should be an asterisk. You know, now with alcohol. You know, now includes yeah. alcohol. So it is the designated outdoor refreshment area. So, no swiping. Dora figures that we our town would have a, a places cordoned off for drinking and a handmaid's tale or whatever you just mm-hmm. said. <laughs> so I haven't been anywhere in a year and I just walked down. I took my mask off. I was like diving into the deep end of the pool. I, I, I there was a lot of people downtown Yeah, and yeah, it was a nice outdoor event. It's, I'm sure it's fine. I'm fully vaccinated. I feel healthy, but it was like, it was a little weird mm. to like be shoulder to shoulder with so many people and, and walking around. But I uh, ran into Cliff's wife, Alicia and, Carly, she she picked up some records down there. I heard. Mm-hmm. Um, I I didn't find much. I only bought one. Quadrophenia by the Who, which is like my pretty much my favorite album of all time. So I found that on vinyl and I didn't like that. But as I was as I was getting there, I ran into my brother Jared and his wife Valerie. They were leaving. He and she was carrying. She was carrying a big stack of his records, so he bought a bunch of stuff. He's like, oh, I found something for you. It's like, well, you did, did you? So he found me Fonzie Favorites. Oh, I think I may have had that. <laughs> With the sit-on-it button on the – I don't know. He would yeah. never put a pin in his leather jacket. No, that's clearly added on. But, yeah, so they, he has the pin that says sit on it. 
and so it's a bunch of, of like yeah. it's a bunch of fifties. Uh, it's like you know, Fonzie's the Fonz. The Fonz has chosen his favorite fifties records to share with you. Mm. And also, someone had cut the back open. Yeah. And made a flap to stand so, it up. To stand it up. So it's like somebody had this sitting on their bedroom uh, dresser. I'm sure to yeah. have Henry Winkler there smiling at him all day. And the gifts just <laughs> keep they're... on giving. The last selection on this album <laughs> is an impressionist track containing the expressions "a cool nerd" and "sit on it." Listen and learn to use Fonzie's favorite phrases perfectly. Wow. So they have it's not it's not Henry Winkler. It's like I go, hey, what's going on over here? He's doing <laughs> he has a terrible Fonzie impression, but he's like he teaches you how to say hey and it's pretty amazing. That's that's impressive. I just immediately went to a dark place of that sitting on someone's uh bed stand propped up looking at them. <laughs> That's where it's going tonight. <laughs> but it's got the Happy Days theme song, uh, Great Balls of Fire, Rock Around the Clock, Splish Splash, you know, all those, those classic songs they would have played on the show. And then there's two, the Fonzarelli Slide and mm. the Fonz Song, where they have actors play, you know, it's like, yeah. you know, Fonz going to a party, it's like a party song. And for some reason, the, the cast of Welcome Back Cotter is there. And they're singing Ba 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 Barino, and it's, it's, it's a weird mashup, and it's amazing, and it was worth the dollar he spent. So thank you very much, Jared. So should you like play that all for us, and we just do like a reaction video? Because I hear those are all the craze. <laughs> Got it queued up. If you if you can hear it through my uh, yeah, you can hear it through my uh, what do you call it? Um, yeah, I, Seth, you may not have heard this because I don't think you were quite on yet, but I was, I was telling Michael, um, I, I come home after, after the girls have been downtown and had dinner and stuff and walk in the door and Carly's like, she's like, look at this, look at this. I got, look, look at these records I got only $5. And, um, she had like, oh gosh, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show soundtrack there was an REO uh, Speedwagon album and something else I, I, I'd never heard of. And uh, I was like, well, that's cool. What are you going to do with them? Because we do not own a record player. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I was like, you guys have a record player? Yeah, no, we do not. She, she's like, uh, she says, no, no, no. Uh, I'm going to hang them up in my room. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so she just liked the art in them. Now, see, that that's going to be one of those things where, like, your mom knows that and she, like, buys her a record player for Christmas and she's like, what am I supposed to do with this? Yes, exactly. Hang it on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. so, Marietta was hopping and all you had to do was let people open carry alcohol around the street. Yep. Now they're going to start, spent, like, like, a year petitioning for that and doing surveys and... So it's they they think it's going to be a big deal of you know you don't have to sit in one location to drink a beer you can you can carry it around to different shops and you you can experience the whole downtown. Now I read through like their rules online, right? And like because I was sold, I was like, oh, this is okay, sure, this is worth a try. 
I read through the rules and it was like, no loitering. You must drink your beer from one store to another. You cannot take your beer into that into another establishment that you did not. It was like all these crazy rules. And I was just like, ooh, that the fun police have arrived here. I read that and I was like. Obviously, they have to know no one's going to pay attention to these rules, and this is just for some kind of legality reason. They have to print these well, rules like that. Yeah, I wonder. And that. all this fuss and muss, and it's only good Friday and Saturday from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. Like, is it's, that it's, the it's deal? A, okay. It's a very limited time you're even allowed to do this. So, like, you know, when a concert gets out at midnight or whatever, it's like, yeah, put your cups away. And, and you have to stay within basically a designated area. Which, I mean, there's a lot of college kids down there. There's a lot of locals down there. And, I mean, you have a couple drinks and, like, there's going to be some people that don't, you know, that don't notice they've gone beyond whatever imaginary boundary they've set forth or don't know that they can, you know, they can only go so far. And I was just like, ooh, I don't know. <laughs> I feel cr- like this, this kind of criticism is how you don't get best local podcasts. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Well, at least it's to do with local issues, so that might actually get you in the running. <laughs> that that could help us. That could help. Mm, us. So. I'm fine. I don't want to. I don't want to win that contest. I don't want to be a part of any club that would have me. That's true. I I don't want to. After being nominated twice and not even you know not making any list, I I don't even want to be affiliated with that list anymore. Speaking yeah. of the club, uh, I got some feedback. From patron Valerie Lowe, who was annoyed at patron Jared Lowe for not adding her pick to our best costume list. Uh, she picked Wonder Woman and, and thought he was going to post it on our page, and he neglected to. So she Ooh. felt justified. She had picked our number one pick. Ah. And, and didn't. Jared's like, I thought you were going to write it down. And she said, well, I thought you were going to write it down. So... She she does not get credit for for being in line with our number one pick, but she swears she had picked Wonder Woman before before we had anointed it. So thank you, thank you for for uh, your cooperation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. Hmm. I'm glad someone uh, picked it. Yeah. That's <laughs> been going on. We are some wild and crazy guys. <laughs> I'm tired. Yeah. You're like, you are so dark. This is an audio podcast. You're fine. Yeah. He's... I'm like, I, I'm just like, are you the real Seth? Are you a lizard? <laughs> yes, to both. <laughs> <laughs> He's setting the mood over there. He's got the lights turned <sighs> down low. Cranking some 50 Fonzie hits. Mm-hmm. The Fonz is on the Victrola. <laughs> <sighs> I don't I know. Hit, I hit my record player and it didn't start working, so I, I, don't, I, have, I don't feel fully Fonzified yet. You didn't get the full experience then. Yeah. So. Yeah, hey, I, I, off the cuff here, we're doing a, a game section. Boom. Challenge your imagination to come alive and to battle with the creatures of Dungeons and Dragons. 52! 
bullshit. <laughs> I got a bingo. What do I win? It's Operation the Wacky Doctor's Game where you're the wacky doctor. Battery's not included. Ah, you blew it. My turn. Shall we play a game? It's games right now. We're we're getting back to the table, guys. I'm getting some Dragon Age back to the table after over a year hiatus. Mm-hmm. Getting the band back together. So how'd so, it go? Well, we haven't done it yet. Oh, okay. I thought I we thought may, you had started to uh, get schedule it. We had a uh, I did I have had a couple uh, very small game nights. Just like had a friend over a couple different nights when we played some games. You know fully vaccinated games sessions and that, that's good but we're finally getting back to play some dragon age here next month everybody's looking forward to it hmm but yeah no jesse, jesse has been in peril for quite a long time <laughs> that guy's got to be dead <laughs> he's got to be dead <laughs> pretty sure we need to uh we should we should dedicate an episode to the memory of uh old clint clattenberg <laughs> yep <laughs> Uh, we knew him well. Um, <laughs> but in other gaming news, I bought Mass Effect Legendary Edition for uh, it's a PS4 version, but been playing it on the PS5, and it's like a new improved version. None of you guys had ever played that, I assume. Jordan, you were probably the only chance at it. But man, I don't think I ever played. It's the whole th- the trilogy of, of Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3, and it is so good. I have no regrets. I'm going to play through all three of these games. I think I mentioned before, I don't think I ever played the first one before. I played the second one a, yeah. several years ago. It was in my top 10 video games of all time when we did that, and then I played far into the third one before I got to a section where I got stuck and I didn't have a save. I'd screwed up and I ended up just not finishing the game because I didn't want to play it all over. Uh, but starting from the beginning with the first one and this remaster is so good. I, I love it. Love the first game. Can't believe how good it looks. And it is, if you were ever were interested in playing a space type game it's it's almost star trek ish more it's more star trek than star wars as in you know you've got your ship and your crew and you you know assemble who your favorites are and to go on these missions and things but any red shirts yeah i mean i'm sure you lose people here and there but uh it's just it's got a lot of different relationships you can go different paths to there are so many different choices that affect the game you're in and future games. If you make one small choice differently, it can affect two games later. So it's really amazing in that respect and definitely makes you nervous. Like, what, what did I do the right thing? Oh my gosh. Why did I say that? You know, but my favorite thing about this first game is, and they don't have it in this next two games is, when you go uh, investigate planets, they'll drop you from your 
spaceship down onto the planet in what they call the Mako, and it's like a six-wheeled all-terrain vehicle. And I love driving that freaking thing around. Try they improved the handling. People used to complain you couldn't handle it very well, and you you know it bounced all over the place. But, but uh, it's pretty awesome. Did you have you guys ever played a video game and done like? I, I mean, it's. Like what you're saying has like piqued my interest because this is what I expected out of the cyberpunk game and was sadly, sadly disappointed by. Yeah, I don't know if I'd equate those games, but it's uh But I mean just like how you're saying, like how like your choices like changes the gameplay so much. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I expected that out of that game and it, it totally bombed in that area. But what one of my favorite things is I remember years I ago. Play game, I play games to not have to dwell on every poor decision I've made in my life. So I, <laughs> oh, well, then don't do this. Don't do this. <laughs> don't do this. But uh, I remember playing this game years ago, and it, it's happened a few times, where you play a game and you start doing something in the game that you're not even supposed to be doing. Like, like it just you get caught up with a friend having fun doing some stupid mm. thing. We I remember playing this jet ski game. I don't remember which one it was, but it was on PlayStation 2. And we would race around the tracks, these waterways around the city. But if you got went off track and like crashed, you might be like bouncing through the city. And all of a sudden you've went back in the water and kept going. And you're like, whoa, well, how long can we drive through the city <laughs> and still make it back to the water and start timing ourselves and see who can do it the longest. And, and so that's what I'm kind of doing with this Mako. I'm like driving up these mountains, you know, clear to the top teetering on the peak of a mountain for no reason other than just to see if I can get there. It's fun. Are you pulling a Westworld? Maybe. Yes. I'm trying, I'm trying to break through to the other side. It's awesome. Mass effect still rules. Hmm. Highly recommend. Huh? So, yeah, I, I have to imagine you're the, uh, the table, the velvet, uh, yeah, a little dusty over the last year. No, no podcast, nice no games. Nice clean. Don't have guys coming in here every couple of weeks and putting 10,000 cords all over it. And everything. <laughs> it's looking good. Hmm. Well, speaking of, is that is that all the gaming you had? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Speaking of Star Trek, Michael, have are you all caught up on have you have you taken in all of the CBS all access Par what is it Paramount Plus Paramount now? Plus now. Have you yeah, are you now. do you watch all this Star Trek stuff? The Star Trek stuff I have, yeah. The Discovery, um, love, 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 love. Can't talk enough good things about Discovery. Um, Picard's okay. Like mm-hmm. I hear it's coming back for another season. I didn't think it was as groundbreaking as Discovery was, but I mean, yeah. Really, the Star Trek Next Generation was kind of boring, so it follows that pretty well. But um, and then they have the cartoon that was the Lower Decks, yeah. And then they have the uh, Captain Pike that has kind of been the breakout of Discovery of doing the Enterprise adventures before um, uh, Kirk. Yeah, before Kirk. What is the name of that show? Or has, um, it, has it come out yet? 
it hasn't came out yet. Like I think they they've been teasing it. It's, I feel like it's Strange New World or something. I should I should know that. Um, I'm gonna have to look it up. Unfortunately. But as a like, are you pretty happy with this new universe they've created on this channel? I mean, yeah, strange, strange um, new world. You're right. That's strange. It. New yeah, world. I wasn't too far off. Yeah, it was. It got a lot of flack at first because people were worried about how it was going to take place in the original Star Trek universe and the deviated timeline. How much and. Fans mm. really just hated the first footage of Discovery, but which but now, I mean, that's now, a pro- that's, now they love it. Go ahead. Yeah, that's a problem with all fandoms. Like we we complain about what we like, and then we see stuff and we're like, oh wow, that's so cool. And but yeah, like again, I know there's on a previous podcast I went on and on about this speech that uh, Michael gives. In, in discovery and it is so passionate so powerful like it, it did bring you to tears man i watched an episode or two i think of it when it first came out because she is spock's sister or half sister yeah, or yeah, something yeah. right and Great. that's the really cool thing is they explain like they give a good reason why she has never been mentioned while Discovery's never been mentioned in the whole, like they were able to pigeonhole this whole series in this space without screwing up the original series that was from the 60s. Now, the guy that played Spock in the in the movies, all I could Zach, think of is Zachary Quinto. Quinto. All I could think of was Siler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is he in this show? No, it's it's someone else playing him. Oh, okay. Well, he does a good job. Like he, the, like they actually had a good um, few issues where it shows Spock kind of losing his Spock side and going into an enraged um, human side, and then, then him coming back. Mm. I just, like, from what little I've seen, it seems pretty popular, but it seems like that may be the only thing that's holding that, that ne- not network, but ser- streaming service together. Yeah, it's it's a big, I would, I would say it's probably one of the biggest draws out of it. Um, but this but Paramount, I don't know. This Paramount. Yeah, Paramount yeah. Plus. I got that for a month. I watched, uh, they did a, you know, I watch. I've watched all those challenge seasons, mm-hmm. MTV things. So they had a special season uh, of All Stars to promote Paramount, and they played it for the last month. It was kind of a shortened season. It was it was really good. And which okay. good? Oh, I was just gonna say they also did a new world real world season yeah. bringing yeah. back the original cast we watched the first episode that cliff and i talked about and yeah yeah but it just seemed like too much i don't know there's something about it i didn't take the time to watch it look too much conflict i don't didn't need it yeah yeah it didn't um I I think what we were, well, we talked about it, but yeah, we'd mentioned like how we really enjoyed the part about the reunion stuff, but then it quickly dissolved into just, yeah, they're yelling at each other about the same issues they were 20, 
or 30 yeah. years ago or whatever it was. Yeah. So. Yeah, I only watched like the first episode. It was. I think I just wanted a love fest, and yeah, I <laughs> did too. I didn't want to watch. I didn't want to watch the same fights again. Right. They should, they should have bought bought uh, back from was that season three? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Biggest love fest lately, I assume, was the Friends reunion. Was everyone was everyone on top of that? I yeah. haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I watched it. Uh, Melissa yeah. and I watched it. I She's still. It bumped up U.S. downloads of HBO Max 30% the day it debuts. Wow. I believe it. <laughs> the test is ready. Rachel wrote Ross a letter and demanded he read it before they got back together. How many pages was that letter? 18 pages. 18 pages. Front and back. Front and back is correct. Wait, wait, go one more time. Oh, my God. Here we go. Where's the tissue box? The cost of friends. Wow. Does Courtney still have her lines written on the table? We've literally just slipped right back. (laughs) We regret. We have such a bond from this show. Were Ross and Rachel on a break? Yes. 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 Bullshit. The first table read, that's the first time I laid eyes on any of you. Everyone was so perfectly cast. Yeah. This is from the one where everyone finds out. Oh! Oh! My eyes! I know! My 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 favorite uh, meme I've seen seen of that of, I don't know if I share it with you guys or not, but it was like, instead of the Friends logo, it said the Botox reunion. (laughs) Yeah. I tell you what, um... In in my in my head canon, uh, Friends de- wasn't that long ago, and I'm sure that's because the reruns have never yeah. stopped playing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we watched it, and I was we were both like, "Oh my god, they all look terrible." <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think they all look terrible. Well, um, my problem is is main thing that i did not like about it is seeing how old they looked made me feel really freaking old it did yeah i remember christy watching every episode when it aired and she still watches it and reruns and just like i remember like when we were first started watching it right now probably (laughs) yeah i it's definitely a show that you know i really enjoyed when it first came out um and, and had its run but it's not something i've ever felt like I needed to go back and, and watch a bunch of reruns constantly of. So well, did, uh, this, did this have any value? Cause I feel like fans were wanting a, <clears throat> a, a reunion in character. They wanted a new episode. Yeah. And this was the sit around on a couch and talk about the old days thing. So what was it worth? Was it worth the disappointment? People are going to feel not being in character. I thought it was. Uh, um Yeah. It, it, like I mean the the part where they all are coming back on set and me seeing thing like I feel like that was genuine that wasn't rehearsed and like there was a lot of emotions right there. I I have um, I have no desire to see a new episode or a movie or any of that. Like I've never had that need in my life to um to relive an episode, you know, or to have new friends or whatever that doesn't do anything. But, um, it, 
it had a couple cameos in there. Tom Selleck makes an appearance and, uh, and a few other little side characters, not all of them, but obviously whoever was available, I guess, um, to run in and do five minutes. It just, it didn't look from the preview. I saw, I'm going to watch it, but because I like friends and it's, you know, I mean, yeah. come on, if you're going to, they're going to pay to those people two or $3 million to show up. I guess I'll watch that for an hour, but, uh, the point five million a piece. That's crazy, but uh, but yeah, it didn't you, look like it didn't look like the quality of like the Fresh Prince reunion or anything. Agreed, but yeah, I mean, it was it was fine. It's a lot of reminiscing. It's there's they did some fun stuff. They played some games and and stuff like that, and and they do give you some insight of stories that I had not heard before, and that was nice, you know, behind the scenes type of stuff. Um, so. There, there's some good stuff in there. It's not. Uh... <laughs> I, I will say, seeing Uncle Joey let himself go, like, like he looked like someone's dad. <laughs> I was like, that kind of made me feel better about myself. Yeah, like I'm okay with this. Yeah, and you <laughs> like, know he what? looked like the most normal person. He, but he made it. He did. He made it already. Yeah, Matt Matt LeBlanc, <laughs> um, definitely looked the most normal out of the group like yeah he's put some weight on but you know who hasn't and and he did he he was he was um he was very genuine and and during the special and kind of you know the most relatable as a just a like you know he didn't seem like a jaded superstar that didn't want anything to do with it and he was just there for money he was generally happy to be there it's the most relatable just there for the money yeah <laughs> like I, I thought it was fine i, I don't think it was worth paying them 2.5 million dollars each for it but i bet it was worth it to them that's not it, if it drove that many people to it i mean how else are they gonna merge with freaking discovery it's all about this blowing all this money on content that's what all these people are doing you know even Amazon's like had to freak out. Like, oh, we got to buy whatever. Got to yeah. spend billions of dollars just so we have something that we can reboot every franchise. I'm just curious as what the, because all these companies keep merging and like their names are like morphing into these, like, you know, Paramount, and like what is going to be the final Pokemon evolution of the media company. Yeah, until it's under one giant umbrella. Like Disney. Well, there was just Here's, a, a few years ago, a, there was talk about, you know, Disney and and, and um, Warner Brothers, you know, merging into one company. And that pretty much houses everything today, so. That, that's the question right there is who, who's going to be the, the one left standing to rule them all? All right, what's something good? We need something good. What did somebody watch they really loved? Mayor of uh, Easttown. Uh. I'm Richard. What's your name? Mayor. Give it up for Miss Lady Hawk herself. Why do they call you Lady Hawk? I made a shot in a basketball game 25 years ago. They think you're a hero. Oh, I love it. Look at that. Must have been some shot. Most places, no. Around here, yeah. What do you do, Mayor? I'm a detective. 
a detective. You don't have any bodies hidden under your porch, do you? Uh, not yet, no. The Easttown Police Department received a call reporting a dead body in Creedom Creek. Get this son of a bitch who did this. Because if you don't, I'll kill him myself. Tell me about your father. He was my best friend. He passed away when I was 13. He was a detective. At least you still got your mother. Oh, we can't stand each other. I can feel it happening again. This expectation from people to be something I don't think I'm good enough to be. Mayor, I know what you've been through. And I know you're worth saving. You're on HBO. That was. Now, were you That's... watching it when it crashed? No, I was at work. Or on my way. Yeah, it was, I was at work. Uh, it was seven episodes. It was just seven episodes of a, you know, whodunit, basically. And, and I you know, said before, it was uh, Kate Winslet. Evan Peters was in it. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, he was good. She was great. I mean, if I had to, I, I think it's the best I've ever seen her just as a, you know, just really going for it. Just, she was trying to be as Philly as she could be or what, you know, as <clears throat> whatever area she's, you know, I don't even know if East town is a real place, but uh, it was just good. It was, it was, there was enough people in it. Enough red herrings, I guess, that some of them were frustrating, but uh, but enough. It was a well crafted story with a lot of great performances, and it's not long, it's terribly long, and I felt like it was pretty satisfying. And I there's t- it was so successful that you know, of course, there's talk that they could do another season, but I don't think they will. I think they know that they had like one good season, one mm-hmm. ser- mini series. Hopefully they leave it at that. But yeah. yeah, if you're if you like that type of thing, you know, just uh, you know, with a lot of rich characters and uh, good, not easily figured out mystery, uh, with good performances. Gene Smart was in it, and uh, hmm. gosh, what's the guy from Memento? Guy Pierce, he was in it. It's it's a good show. And had enough of an impact uh, in pop culture to spawn a Saturday Night Live parody. Yeah, that was pretty good. And one of the better bits they've done this season of the, was the mur- murder daughter or whatever, whatever yeah. it was, to, mocking the uh, how intensely everything has to be a Philadelphia reference. Yes. Yep, it was good. Hmm. And then let's roll. Also, Hacks. Speaking of Gene Smart, is everybody watching Hacks? Yes, love that show. Yeah, it's it's good. I watched the uh, caught up today. I think on the maybe seventh and eighth episode. I think came out in the last few days. And Cliff, have you watched? It's good. You you should be watching it. Christy was asking me the other day. She was like, "What do you like about this show?" And I was like, "There's some some type of interaction between the two of the main characters, the young like." Gen Z, I think is what she calls herself, with the the old comedian, like their timing and interaction, like I I really 
really enjoying the show. Yeah, it's not knocking me out, but I, I, it's good. It's a good show. If you have HBO, definitely. There's half hour episodes, like good stuff. Well, um, we were mentioned, you know, before we started the show. Michael mentioned, uh, and and we all agreed it's been a while, but we never really did talk about Jupiter's legacy on Netflix. I asked for something good, Cliff. I was trying to, <laughs> I was trying to up the energy to shows we well, love. Well, let's talk about how terrible it, <laughs> it was. Am I the only one that got through the whole thing? No, I watched the whole thing. I watched okay. it all. It took me a while, but I, I watched yeah. it all. Okay. I, jo- is that Josh Jamel or whatever? And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That he looked and so terrible. Beard. Like just the shot, the you know, the screenshots I've seen of him made me know I was never going to watch that show. I, it looked, I, he looked so bad. I literally he, he have seen I've seen Santa fake Santa Claus beards look more authentic than that thing they put on. I, I think he posted a selfie today of him like half naked, like from the waist up, and it said something to the effect of when your network drops your whatever, what's up, Hulu? Something like that. Mm. <laughs> but it, it feels like they spent money on that show. It, yeah. Like, yeah. Had a big cast. The costumes look pretty good. The effects were fine. But, like, whatever's going on with that fake beard of his, it took me out of every scene he was in. Because he walked in, I was like, oh, look, it's Josh Jumel and his beard. Yeah. Yeah. Not to me. I mean, this was uh, a Mark. Uh, Miller, but, Miller, yeah. yeah. So it was an image comic that writer Mark Miller did with Frank Quitely, the artist. And now this, this is the first one for hit Miller's Netflix deal. Yeah, Miller World to get like Netflix gets the first looks at all the books he's done for Image. And it's you just said it was not renewed for, renewed for a season two. Mm-mm. Nope, correct. Canceled. Well, but I tell you, it did on. not have the same impact. Like, just compared to Invincible, like, just yesterday I sold, some kid came in and bought, like, the last four volumes of Invincible, because he hadn't finished it yet, and he wanted to finish it, and a new guy came in and bought the first six, because he wanted to know what was going to happen next. So, like, Invincible, people are still talking about it, they're still buying the comics. Um, Jupiter's Legacy debuted on a Friday as normal, and that Saturday, I think I had two people, because I put it out... Mm-hmm. Where you could see it, so you know, as a little advertisement, and I had I think two people that day, like, oh yeah, did you watch that yet? No, and that's about it. No one has mentioned it since. So it came and went, like we said, when you drop all the episodes at the same time. Friday morning, I logged in and saw Jupiter's Legacy ending explained. So like they were already talking about the ending, and it was over. So mm-hmm. within that first weekend, people were done with it, and they weren't really excited about it anyway. So it, it talk about you know coming and going real fast it just shows that you can't just it's not just a ticket to success to buy some of these properties you have to just slap a superhero on it yeah yeah, there has to be quality there we we won't just accept anything it's a (laughs) it's a discerning audience we have you know we're we have too much content anyway so we're only watching the cream Mm -hmm. that rises to the top so uh this will and not I, I do. Know, I, I didn't think it was terrible. Like, there was enough that kept me watching. I kind of wanted to know what was happening, but I just felt like, like, 
when your story is about an aimless journey that you don't know what the goal is, but you're just walking and trying to find like it, just, like that makes it for a boring show. Yeah, I didn't know what the goal was. I didn't know where they were going. He just has a map. He doesn't know what it is. Well, let's just go somewhere. Like it just it drug. But I really like the flipping back and forth from the past to the present, and like some of the elements I thought were really strong, but it just it didn't hold together in the over overarching. Yeah, the. I, the only interesting story arc for me was like that 1929, you know, it was all the, the flashback stuff kept me way more interested than any of the, you know, what was, what would have been the present timeline. And then old Kurtwood Smith shows up, Red Foreman yeah. knocks it out of the park, gave a brilliant performance in one episode. I'm like, I want to follow this guy's life. Yeah. Like he was the coolest thing on that whole series. Well, that's like I said, it was like, I, I'm not sure how, if, thi- if this is like taken directly from the source material, I don't know how, because I didn't read it. Like, I just felt like this whole show was plagiarism. Like there was so, so many levels of like, okay, I felt like someone sat down and watched, or I mean, read Kingdom Come. Um by Alex Ross and Mark Wade and the golden age by Paul Smith and James Robinson. And there was something else I said, and just like totally like took all that stuff in a bowl and mixed them. it up. Yeah. But the impossible. Didn't take the, yeah, obviously, but did not take the good parts from them. I was like, <laughs> they took like that whole scene. of If you're going to steal the- from Michael K. Easton, you better take the good parts. <laughs> Damn it. But that whole scene of him on the farm working with that beard and everything, like I, I felt like I could go straight to Kingdom Come and pull out a page that is exactly lifted straight from that. Yeah, growing, like that, growing new beards on the farm. The, the beard crops coming in nice this that's time. That's all. I, that was what I was picturing. He said he's out there working the beard. <laughs> and then there was like this really strange sex scene, like they had to throw in between. Superman and Superwoman, which I'm going to use their names they they representative, like just to show that they could have sex or something because they're superheroes. Like that made absolutely no sense. But I'm here to tell you, he didn't finish. He had to go save someone. Good. I want. It. If, if there's no money shot, I'm not watching. Thanks for letting me know. <laughs> but I, I do agree with Cliff that the um. The going back in time was much more interesting than the modern day, except for I did enjoy, um, what was it, Sky Fox's son? I just yeah. want to call him Sly Fox. Mm-hmm. Like he was, he was probably the most entertaining character out of the whole thing to me. Yeah, they, the tele, the teleporter guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that's I could have watched a watched a show based on him. And probably been more interested. Yeah, but even that, if I'm remembering correctly, and I may not be, but like it was way late in the run mm-hmm. where he says something like, "Yeah, my dad's the world's greatest supervillain." I'm like, "Oh, whoa, that makes you interesting." Yeah, like it took like six episodes before you even really know who he is. Mm-hmm. And like, if you knew that starting, you're more invested. It like, oh, what's this? Oh, this guy has a legacy as well. It's the same same as the daughter does. Like. But they, I feel like they dropped the ball on some of these characters yeah. and how they're connected. And that idea is strong of like, 
you know, is heroism an old time idea? You know, can we, can, can we, are today's values and the values of the forties? Yeah. Kingdom come. Like that's a strong idea to build on, but it was just sort of, they didn't do anything with it. It was just sort of like, you gotta evolve, man. He's like, no, we have the code. We have the code. Do the code. Yeah. Oh my God. I was so sick of hearing about that. Code. Um, and it had the biggest loophole that I did not understand at all. Like, this makes no sense to me. Again, I don't know the source material. But for them all to get their powers, they had to move past all of their issues. Yeah. Like, they had to come yeah. together. Come together. It was like a the, very Michael K. Easton thing. That would be like something you're. We have to all hold hands and, and love each other to, to, to yes, gain true love, power. Love prevails. Justice <laughs> prevails. But the very ending of it, how it ended without giving it away, completely like shows that that didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's like completely nullifies the whole origin story. I don't know. I'm glad it's gone. I don't have to sit through <laughs> another. I'm glad we brought this back down. <laughs> <laughs> the lowest common denominator uh, well well speaking of hate watching guys i, I mentioned it uh, a couple weeks ago i've spent the last if we're going down we're driving right yeah, into the cliff it, yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a flaming ball of fire all the way down uh i i i've spent the last i don't know three three weeks or or more watching um trying to get caught up to uh the current episode of the handmaid's tale season four Episode eight is where we're at, at at the time of recording, and boy, do I hate this show! It's terrible. I did. I I, I was texting. I was texting back and forth with my cousin Tiffany because she really likes it, and um, just this afternoon, and she she has some interesting points. Things that you know, I I won't say that. I ignored in any way. I was, were pretty obvious um, for the most part of the storyline, but I've just never watched a show that so I hate every character. I don't like the, the bad guys. I don't like the good guys. Like everybody is just equally stupid. They make, they all, the main character makes the worst decisions. It's terrible. Lazy writing after season one, um, to just recycle plot points, create character redemption, attempted character redemption arcs with half of them. We never even get there. It's, it's season two and season three um, are completely pointless. Now, I, do- I really want you to go back and watch the 90s movie and come back and give your review of it. Yeah, Michael made a point tonight um, that he remembers watching... Or seeing the uh, some sort of 1990 version of this, uh, a movie with Robert Duvall and who did we say a bunch of other people in it? Faye Dunaway and yeah, that I had no idea that existed. Um, this is of course what I'm talking about is the Hulu original Elizabeth Mo- Elizabeth Moss, and um, yeah, they're just all terrible. Um, just you know. Uh, Season four, we finally we're we're finally getting a little um, payoff in in the story arc. Uh, I wish I could have skipped from season one to season four. I don't think anybody would have missed it, um, but they just tried to drag everything out in this repeated storyline of oh she almost gets out, she almost 
escapes to Canada. If you're not familiar, the the plot it's a it's um the United States has broken up. It's been ravaged by by like civil war, and um, started by a group of extreme uh, right religious you know group takes over the military. Um, a cautionary tale of a possible future. Yes. Um, which, yes. And now watching it today, you know, I'm just like, oh my God, when, you know, <laughs> how long do we have here, people? Um, but then they, 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 they're on top of this, there is a um, sort of like a plague almost where uh, having children becomes almost impossible. And so they they round up all of the uh, all of the fertile women, turn them into basically they call them handmaids, but they become they become slaves to the military high up families because and and then the idea being that uh, they will they will bear children by these military commanders and then uh, the military commander and his actual wife will take the children and raise them as their own and then. The, the handmaid goes off unto, to another posting, another family to, you know, repeat having babies until, um, you know, they no longer can and they're worthless. So that's the general idea of it. Um, now, what is the conceiving method? Is it natural or is it? Yes, it is. Ba- it, is it, it is a word we call rape is what oh, it is. That's um, lovely. Disguised in a religious ceremony. That yeah, the whole thing is very, very depressing. Never heard of something like that before. <laughs> very depressing, much like our show this week. Um <laughs> but yeah, a thousand. it's been a giant waste of time that I will never get back, and uh I can't wait two more episodes to get it over with, and hopefully there's no season five, guys. Yeah, this feels like when it debuted, there was nothing bigger, and it, I haven't heard nearly as much in these last few seasons of the Definitely. same kind of fandom and, and buzz. They don't know when to quit. They don't know when to uh, to kill a character off. They don't know when to end a storyline. They just keep trying to recycle them, and it really ticks me off. About have this noose done. I've been... Mm-hmm. been... <laughs> I'll burn, let me burn through a couple of things. I got a few good things. <laughs> uh, Sweet Tooth just debuted today as we record on Netflix. This is the fantasy story based on the Vertigo comic by Jeff Lemire. Lemire, uh, the little boy born with deer antlers. Uh, and again, a post-apocalyptic world that's been ravaged by a virus. Like just what you want to watch. But just debuted today, so we don't have much for you. So we'll we'll review that a little a little later on. And I did, I finished out The Nevers on HBO. Oh, I was going to tell you to watch that because it didn't look like my kind of thing. But all I've heard is Dollhouse. It, you know, so this was, they did six episodes and then a mid-season finale. They're going to do six more. So we're through the first six and hit the break. And in episode six, it did exactly what Dollhouse did. It, it changed genres, basically. So it started, it was a Victorian you know, 1800s London steampunk Steam, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. In episode six, it's completely different. So it it kind of recontextualizes everything you've already seen. And it gave me that itch of like, I'd like to go back and watch this and see if I missed something. And I 
I probably won't because I don't know. It, it wasn't the best show, but, but it had it had just minor things that I really liked about it. There were good scenes, there were good characters. Um, it begins like the policeman in this is investigating a murder, and it's just kind of a very a very minute detail at the beginning of the show. And then by the time you get to episode six, you get this twist like, oh wow, this this means something way bigger. Um, and there's a scene. One of the one of the the guys, his powers, he can basically walk on water, like he can't he can't sink in water basically. And there's a fight scene. Is his name Jesus? It's uh, there's it it there's no no he's a bad guy. Uh, but it's the the main character is like. He's trying to drown her, and he's like, she can't get up above water to get breath because he's standing on top of the water and like kicking her with her feet. And she jumps up and Jabba the Hutt's him with a chain around his neck and like pulls him down into the water and tries to drown. Like it was, it was one of the coolest action scenes I've ever seen, of of just you know, a guy tromping on the water, and it didn't look like you know, he's walking on a piece of glass or whatever. Like he sunk and like every step he took, he went like three or four inches down into the water and sprung back up. But it was like. It was so cool the way they did it. But then there would just be episodes, you know, there'd be half hour where they're just sitting and talking and being clever and very, you know, snarky dialogue and stuff. So I, it's, it's worth watching. It was, I enjoyed it enough that I'm going to keep watching, especially after the, this episode six, I want to see where they go with it, but it's, it's, it's not the, you know, knockout that I hoped it would be, but it's, it's a nice solid watch we'll say. So not not over the cliff, but it, <laughs> cliff adjacent so far. Mm. That's kind of how I feel about the latest uh, season of Flash. Like, I feel like every other episode, I feel like I'm hate watching it. Like, I, it always brings me back for some reason where there's an episode I like, but then the next episode just makes me want to throw the TV out the window. <laughs> I, I've been fast forwarding through most of it, just uh, watch watching here and there. But yeah, I. The uh, the what are they calling them the the forces or whatever like yeah it's, the... it's very it's mumbo jumbo <laughs> yeah I haven't uh, I haven't gotten back on the uh, on the CW train really since uh, since Riverdale's hi- hiatus and uh, watched a couple episodes of Legends um, which were fine but but I'm not caught up yet so. Which I'm very confused with the CW shows because they had a hiatus where they went and started showing the Supergirl series again because the Superman and Lois, because of the COVID, they didn't have the enough episodes, so they had to break. So they filled in with that. And then they had a, like a major drop in like attendance of viewers, like it like dropped like five hundred thousand or something. But are you, oh, are you caught up on Superman and Lois, Michael? Yeah, yeah. Um, did you get nope. who that character was supposed to be? No, not like totally. Did you feel, like, did you feel as dumb as I did? <laughs> no, I thought it was great. Like I, cause I completely, the whole entire time was like, I loving this show. Like each, it's each good, episode gets better than the last yeah. one. And it, it is so different from most of the Arrowverse shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They introduced this villain as a Luthor. And you don't know he's from a different dimension. We don't quite know. And they've just revealed who he really is. And it's the most obvious like it's the most obvious person he could have been. 
Right. But I still felt pretty blindsided by it. So it, I, it's from, very, very well done. From a major Superman fan that knows almost everything there is, like it completely blindsided me. And I was like, I immediately went to Chris, like Chris, he was just like, well, who's this? And I was like, Oh my god! <laughs> and it was so good. Let me open even up Mikey. Like, let me open up Mikeypedia, and I'll tell you all that. Yeah. <laughs> and even introducing the daughter, like, never mm-hmm. like so good, so good. And it's it's weird because it's almost like an amalgamation. Or yeah, I knew I was what? gonna mess that up. I knew I was gonna mess that up. Uh, yeah. What are I'm, you even trying? Why? I'm, I'm I know. Out. I know what he's trying to say. Don't tell him. Uh, I. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't believe he's going for it. Like, come on. Uh, Alma, yeah, nope. see, because yep. now, like, Try I had Start over. Amagation. <laughs> Not know, Al. Like, no. Yeah. Am, thank, help me, oh, Mr. Wall. Help me. Save me. Save me. Oh. Amalgamation? Thank you. <laughs> of of um, Smallville and, like, there's a, like, it's a mixture and, like, they found, like, new ground to make it original again and this last episode her talking about her miscarriage and like oh the teen drama like it it was really well acted like for again on the cw scale of things this is this is one of the best things they've done so yeah and maybe hbo max isn't it like i feel like yeah yeah. and maybe forget about her um this great lazy eye yeah, it's it's um. Somebody's got a lazy eye on this show. <laughs> she does. Lois does. <laughs> it throws me off every once in a while. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I'm not the only one. You can't you all keep, have you're like, super eyes. You're like, are, is she breaking the fourth wall? What's <laughs> going on? Where is but, she uh, looking? <laughs> and I was really upset with the super suit because it's that 3D printed look. Like they've shaded the S shield, shield, like mm-hmm. trying to like as each episode has progressed, I feel like they've made modifications to it. Where each new time I see him, the suit is looking better. Like they've ha- had to go back and do some revamps, where because the S shield is, is starting to look better on the suit. Yeah, this this show has the criticism has been pretty positive, um, for the most part on this show. And where where Flash was kind of the show the last few years that everybody really bragged on and liked, um, now it's the opposite. And, and Flash is people are not digging Flash and are just like Flash is over, end it, da da da. But Superman and Lois is what we want to see right now. So I'm already fat figuring out a conspiracy theory over here where Six Million Dollar Man did it first. Steve Austin was Superman and Sandy Duncan. Was the low <laughs> Yeah. I'm calling the writers. <laughs> we need to get a teleporter in there. And I will say, like, the on this show, I, I do like that they look like they're... Now, I guess I don't know their actual ages, but these actually look like teenagers. Like, they more, don't look more like so they're than adults usual, playing... Yeah. Yeah, more so than usual. So, and it's not, the, it's not Riverdale. And and the kids that are playing the the twins, I feel, are doing a very very awesome job at acting. Hmm. And 
Super. The one, the only complaint I have is Superman has still have has not figured out the right lead consistency to shave. It's it's just impossible for him. He's got that rugged look. He's on the farm. He's got to be rugged. Yeah, it's a farm. He's, straight, he's cult, cultivating a beard. He's got to got to wait till the harvest is in. Yeah, <laughs> gonna work that beard. <laughs> I can't believe that that seamless. <laughs> Like we planned. It. Oh man! And I gotta say, I am crushing on Lana. 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 Hmm. Okay. How's her, how are her eyes? Twenty twenty. Oh, she she just brings me right into them. She's got that. She's got that sultriness. She she's keep going. Horrible. <laughs> she's she's been around the block. <laughs> Her eyes. Who knows what every... any of these things mean? No one. Know, we don't know what any of this means. But I just know Michael thinks thinks he can he can sweep a woman off her feet who's who's dated Superman. Yeah, a woman Absolutely. who has dated Superman. Michael's like, yeah, I'm, I'm on par. Yeah. All right, I have uh, another thing. It's, it's almost over. Uh, CNN has been doing another one of those documentaries. This one, the story of late night. It is a six-part documentary they've been airing every Sunday. There's only one left to air, so it probably will have already aired by the time you re- uh, hear this. Uh, six-part series with a companion podcast, if you want to dive even deeper into it. Oh, my. But this this is the kind of show I can't get enough of, of talking heads, you know, showing clips of classic TV and, and you know, showing the history of... Late night television, basically, yep. and the idea someone had of like, wow, we saw a lot of ads on the Today Show in the early morning. Why are we turning our TVs off at night? Let's have a Tonight Show. We can sell even more ads. So basically, NBC inventing hmm. even the idea of late night TV. Steve Allen, Jack Parr, and passing on to Johnny Carson. That's the first episode. Uh, episode two is called Carson, King of Late Night. So it's all about his run from the 60s to the 90s and how basically he no no one was anywhere close to to Johnny in ratings and clout. Um and 3 is called Eyes on the Throne. It's basically seeing, you know, Johnny's going to have to retire at some point, so what's going to happen after that? Episode 4 is Letterman versus Leno, the the late shift fight of who was going to take over this night show. Episode 5 is Late Night Makes the News which is the, the beginning of The Daily Show, The Colbert Report. Uh, the, the comedians getting more topical in their humor, where you know, for decades it was just you know very benign jokes, but uh, nowadays they're a little more... Uh, they take a side, I guess. And then this last episode is reinventing late night. So it's all the new people, Chelsea Handler, Lily Singh, uh, you know, all the all the young people, the the streaming shows and the the, the future of late night, basically. So uh, it's not very deep. Like I could have watched six hours about the Daily Show. It was like they did ten minutes basically of like, oh, Craig Kilborn used to do silly things, and then John Stewart, you know, won every Emmy ever. Like, and and how did what even just what the Daily Show did over the last decade could be its own thing but you just you kind of dip your toes into into what's into what's going on but it, it, it's, it was worth a watch i enjoyed it hmm. uh, but the, the best thing i saw this week 
was a comedy special. Seth, you you shared it in our group chat that was coming out. It was kind of a late announcement of what this was. Uh, comedian Bo Burnham had a special called Inside. Anyone else get a chance to watch this? Yeah, I had watched it when I shared that. I was oh, saying, you had. That was okay. me, me saying, hey, watch this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bo Burnham, and this is his fourth comedy special. five years so as a very young man he got famous uh you know uh, what, what were those called uh vines remember those mm-hmm. oh, uh, so he, he was a very viral online young comedian and then he had some uh anxiety problems and was having panic attacks so he stopped doing live performances so he went he went and uh directed the, the movie eighth grade that everyone loved and uh, co-starred in Promising Young Woman. So he's had a very good career since he stopped doing stand-up. But then this year, you know, COVID hit. So he made his own special, wrote, directed, shot, and edited him, him himself over the course of the last year. But it's not – he never mentions COVID. I don't, I don't think he says pandemic, quarantine. Like, that's not what it's about. That's the context hanging over everything. But that's not really what it's about. So I don't know. You, you, it's just a him in a room, and you see as his beard grows and his hair gets longer, and he keeps accumulating stuff in this room: cords and microphones and lights and you know he, he uh, you know just like talk about the velvet having a bunch of cords on it. Like it's just a year's worth of accumulating recording equipment and stuff. So you basically watch the year progress as it goes and I, I just thought it was terrific i it's a bunch of silly songs and goofy stuff so i, I hate to say it's you know i've you know it's a masterpiece of comedy and the, i've seen reviews that were really over the top but it kind of is like it's something i've never seen before and it was just so well done hmm i loved you know, it similar thing. i loved it those songs were great the song Very, yeah, yeah. Like and just the way he did it all himself, and uh, some of the things, the effects he did, just it was pretty amazing. All the things he did, like just the, the cinematography of nothing looked the same. He filmed it all in the exact same space, but he the colors and the lighting and the angles and the editing and just everything 
looked great. like he had a lot more, <laughs> a lot more yeah, to work with. Yeah, yeah it was, I liked that one where he was like, just the different things he would would do to call it, have an effect, like holding his phone up against his back, or you know, and then on the beat, turn it around and shine that, making that light go on the, you know, it's just like just that little touch, you know. It's, it was great. I definitely highly recommend it. Like just because of how different it is might give you some uh, therapy for what you felt like maybe in, <laughs> over the last year. I, I meant to watch so. it and I actually forgot about it um, until you just mentioned that. So I'm going to have to go back and retrace my steps there and, and, and take a look. But it, like I said, it's, it's the journey <laughs> he's trying to, you know, He's trying to say something deeper, but then he undercuts it in the beginning, joking, like, I'm going to heal the world with my comedy. Like, he knows he's being full of himself, and, like, you can't really change the world with a dumb comedy special. But he, I don't know, he, he comes closest as anybody I've seen in a while. But, yeah, the songs are about, my I, my favorite was the reaction video. I won't spoil any more than that. But he, he spoofs reaction videos, which we all <laughs> enjoy spoofing. <laughs> so he, he sings about Instagram, FaceTiming, sexting, being a brand consultant. So it's it's almost all about being online, the digital world, social media, the way we connect with each other nowadays. Even when you're very much alone, you're, you're by yourself in a room, but you, you, we connect with the outside world in this sort of way. And like I said, it's not... It's not about COVID, but it is. So it's if you if you felt like that over the past year, like I said, we we're we're gonna years from now we're gonna see these sitcoms that made all these dumb jokes. I'm like, yeah, ha, COVID. But like this could stand alone for anyone with you know anxiety or mental health problems. Like this is not gonna be dated by that. It's it's about being alone and being by yourself and 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 dealing with all that. So much so, I was I was reading, I was looking at his Reddit page, and like fans were worried about him. They're like, I, I just love to give him a hug. He seems so sad. Like he, I, I'm so sad that he spent that year in that room. And it's like, this was also a performance. Like I'm yeah. sure some the emotion was real, but he didn't live in a tiny room for a year. Like <laughs> relax. <laughs> Gee whiz. That's the other thing I feel about like kids today who live their lives online. Kids also, today. They kind of missed like how do you not get this isn't real? Yeah. Even this one of his earlier ther- I'm sure this was therapeutic. He's like, Oh, I know what I'm gonna yeah. do. I'm but gonna start shots- ordering this equipment and this'll be fun. Yeah. but there's shots of him crying in a corner and like, you know, hitting him hitting himself and like trying to psych himself up. So like it seems like a really dark place. Yeah. But it's a it's he's an actor as well. So and right. like one of his That's earliest fun. performances, he does a whole song where it says, "Art is a lie, nothing is real." He's basically saying, "This is a performance I'm doing. Relax." Right. You know, along the lines of seven people picking a loft to see what happens when <laughs> people real. start getting real. The Galma. Thank you. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I I hate like heaping crazy praise on it but like i could see this being i don't know this you know i've seen credit you know this is a definitive artifact of the COVID era like this is but it it's like it, it feels honest way more honest 
than making jokes about Zoom and Grandma, you're muted. Like that that stuff's gonna fade and that stuff's gonna feel dated. Whereas I feel this is like he's mining something deeper of what this year felt like. Maybe not for everybody, but uh, certainly <laughs> I I certainly took a lot from this. So I, I I can't give it any higher recommendation as a comedy special that you're gonna laugh and it's funny and silly but there's some real depth to it as well. So I, I right. If you, I, I mean, it. I'm sure there are people that might not like it. And there were times I, I thought, you know, okay, it's, it's a little long, you know, but the, if you're someone that, you know, likes all the different variations of comedy specials, this is important. You know, you, you have to see this. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, that's always kind of been his brand of humor, though, where, like, he's making fun of a lot of stuff, but there is some honesty to... Well, those are the best. Yeah, that's the best stuff there when you get something like that. And speaking straight to an audience who lives on their phone and, you know, saying, is this this the healthiest way (laughs) what we're doing? What does he say? He says something like how we flatten all of human existence into a commodity that no one's getting paid for or something along those lines. Like we all live in social media. Like it's just one, he just, that was a throwaway sentence. He said, he's like, that's probably not the best idea. I was like, look at that. I had like sit down a minute. I was like, is that what we're doing? Like it, it just, it, it bowled me over. Hmm. Is that what we're doing with this podcast guys? I think it is. No one's getting paid for it. (laughs) Nobody's getting paid. That's for sure. (laughs) Zoom's getting paid. <laughs> I've flattened you guys from my game table onto my screen. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I think that's enough. Um, enough of that. <laughs> I'm gonna need therapy after this. I'm gonna do my own special. I'm yeah. Gonna... Start getting the wires out. Yeah. So, oh, Fonzie, you, it felt like forever ago we were talking. I'm about just it. hugging Fonzie. Uh, I, I want a picture tonight of you cuddled up on your your in your bed with him right next to you. Hey. <laughs> Going. Hey. <laughs> I specifically did not go to that record thing because I knew I'd come home with something like that. <laughs> Uh, I'm pretty impressed by the the genius that somebody thought to cut cut the back of it out into a flap. That's pretty impressive. I'd say that was a popular thing to do at that time. Yeah, yeah. Pop sockets before there were pop sockets. Yeah, they probably had to figure it out like they're communicating via CBs. You know that's what I yeah. Ten four ten four breaker breaker. We got a Fonzie on the shelf. That's the half the fun of collecting records is, you know, you like the way they sound, the st- you know, that kind of stuff. But the, you know, artwork yeah. is yeah. a big part of that, you know, that, and like I, I have that little stand on my thing to set the record there. You look at the picture of <laughs> Fonzie. Yeah, I mean, like once upon a time, there was actually a job of guys just like painting enlarged album covers on billboards and stuff like once upon a time that was an actual job 
Man, Michael, you would have had a future back then. You could have been the best, the best album painter out there. Billboards across the country. I would have misspelled something. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up. Put it to bed and on to more popular positive things. Gentlemen, I'm half a beard, Michael K. Easton. Hey, I'm Jordan Lowe. <laughs> Cliff Barnes. Bye forever. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udamwithkpp.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a comment. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found. You can connect with us through social media on Facebook, YouTube, at The Kapow Podcast on Twitter, or email the show kapow the pop cultured podcast at gmail.com if you really want to go the extra mile please sign up to be a patron through the podbean app or our website www.udamwithkpp.com to receive special content and early access to some episodes we are grateful to anyone that chooses to contribute but please know that most of our content will always remain free so please continue to like comment and share <laughs>